Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. I'd like to welcome our guest, Steve Nudelberg. Steve is an author, expert sales trainer, consultant, keynote speaker, serial salesman, and entrepreneur. He created On The Ball, a company that invests time and talent in emerging businesses and corporate teams to help them grow. Steve has a long history of sales success, mentoring, and leadership. Steve, welcome to Recipe Food. I am so excited to be here. I'm so glad this is here. cool. Love it. Love the setting. Love everything about it. Well, and do you love the name? You know what? Hmm. Uh, I do. Um, so we have to tell our audience. Please. Uh, I have to give credit where credit is due. So when I had coffee with Steve uh, not that long ago, I was telling him all about this great show that we were doing and really excited about it. We were going to film it here in the kitchen. And I said, but we're going to put these black curtains up and, and because the acoustics in there are really great. And I said, but I'm really struggling with a name. And Steve said, well, why are you hiding the kitchen? The kitchen's great. And so I said, well, it's not a cooking show. And he said, well, what if it was called Recipe for Success? How about that? And so that's how we came to be Recipe for Success. So you, thank you. My pleasure. You know, it's interesting because, you know, when I grew up, the word entrepreneur was not a word that people used. Now it's a sexy word. But ultimately what it means is that you're willing to roll up your sleeves and work hard and get in the kitchen and do the hard work. And the recipe side of it is no matter what you do, uh, it is, it, you need to, to do it. And so uh, everybody, has a, everybody has a great story. Everybody, um, the, the people I get to hang out with, I get to hear what they've done, the accomplishments they've had, but also the failures that they've overcome. And so there's so many, as you said, so many ingredients to what makes somebody successful that I thought it was really appropriate and I'm glad to be part of it as I am JA. This is uh, very near and dear to me, this building, and you as, of course, you know, so it's great. Well, you had to be one of our first guests, but you know, so if I, when I read your introduction, obviously you've gone through all different phases of your life. You have morphed from one thing to the <laughs> next, right? You have reinvented yourself several times. And so while we're going to talk a little bit about your story and you're going to, I'm sure, incorporate some of that into it, while you may have changed uh, directions, you may have changed uh, industries, uh, you may have changed your focus of your business, but the ingredients, right, of what made you successful, I would bet, are pretty consistent across the board. Oh, but uh, without a doubt. Um, for sure, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My grandfather and my dad were both entrepreneurs, so I watched them work longer hours. I watched them put in the extra time that it takes, but uh, they instilled in me um, one of the most basic parts of being successful in life, and that's work ethic. You know, I basically have outworked everybody around me, so I gauge what needs to be done and I do more. And what you come to find out is that sometimes talent, or most of the time, talent is not enough. It's talent plus work ethic. I would always hire and still do hire attitude over uh, skill 
So, you know, there's a lot of talented people who just never get it done. I like passion. I like people who work hard. I surround myself having all of the businesses that I'm involved in. So you cannot teach work ethic. And so successful people always will tell you that they wake up early, they get the job done, they stay late, and it's not because they have to, it's because they feel gifted that they get the chance to do it. And so, yeah, it's really cool. They want to. <laughs> they want, they want to, to, man, I want to every day. You know? So I, uh, just relating this to cooking, mm -hmm. um, when I had a little more free time on my hands and was a stay-at-home mom, which absolutely was the hardest job. I know I've you're a good cook, I know life. that. Right? <laughs> Yeah, but you think that I'm a good cook because I cook Italian. But Correct. What a lot of people don't know about me is that I really, for a long time, had this passion for making cheesecakes. Well, I did not know that. So wow. I had hundreds of cheesecake recipes. Wow. And so the main ingredient in every single one of those recipes was cream cheese, right? Cheesecake. Okay. Right. So you just talked about hard work and work ethic, right, and, and going above and beyond and getting it done. Is that what you would say for you was the main ingredient of your success? I, I wouldn't. I, I think it's a, um, a part of who I am. I was willing to do the work. I was willing to deal with failure because I'm one of those guys early on who learned that failure was my way of getting the information I needed to get better. So um, it's certainly very key, but I think the number one ingredient that has made me successful is that I am insatiably curious. I, um, for me, I wanted to know everything I could about everybody. I have one question that I ask, have asked every CEO that I've ever encountered, every successful athlete that I've ever worked with, every successful coach. What's your story? What, what did you do? What obstacles did you overcome? Where did you come from? You know, I talk about it in my podcast a lot. I have, you know, entrepreneurs. I've had you as my guest on my podcast. And it's great because I just want to hear your story. I want you to share that. People align with the story. I did. I go, wow, that was really unbelievable that you overcame those odds. And the more you hear about successful people overcoming those odds or coming from a place where you never thought they would be now, um, I, I want to learn that. And still to this day, I'm curious not to sell somebody. I'm curious not to, on, with an agenda. I'm, gonna curi I'm curious becomes it because it legitimately becomes a part of me. And first of all, listening is a great skill. So it's taught me how to listen. And there's just so many great lessons, so many great people that the more you listen, the more you learn, and the more you produce quality output of what I've taken in. Interesting. Curiosity. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, you know what they say, though, about curiosity. It right? kills the cats. I wouldn't <laughs> want to no, say I that to, to Michelle. All right. So my wife has a cat. <laughs> she would not be happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sorry. But I had to go there. It was just natural reaction. Um, but so, you know, the other thing is, too, is, you know, as we cook, there's, there's things that add flavor, right? So we have curiosity, you have hard work that, that you've talked about so far. Um, you know, there's the herbs and the spices and all those different things. What are some of those added ingredients, right, over the years consistently that you have added to your recipe? So, and um, 
I think, first of all, I love the concept of this show, and I really love sharing, and in a lot of my presentations and speeches that I do around the country, I share some of these things because I tell people it's a scorecard for themselves. They don't have to line up exactly, but they can say, hey, I'm not doing that well. And so of the rest of the ingredients, the, the fun stuff, the flavor stuff is I am psychotically motivated. And, and I use the word psychotic because who would get up every day knowing that most of what I try and do, I'm going to fail. The greatest baseball players hit three out of every 10 times. So they fail more often than they're successful. Yet, if you do that, you're in the Hall of Fame. For me, same thing in sales. Most of what I do is not successful. And my friends look at me and they go, Noodleberg, you are psychotic. And I go, yes, that's exactly what's made me successful is that I'm driven to do the work, not by the outcome. And, and I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in their focused on the outcome of things and not on the body of work. And being psychotically motivated has nothing to do with the outcome. It has everything to do with drilling down and doing the blocking and tackling that it takes to be successful no matter what you do. If you're a great chef, you gotta fine tune all the little things. You gotta be motivated to do that because you're gonna run into times that you're gonna go, wow, again it went wrong, you know, boom. So basically you're saying that if you put in the hard work and you tackle and you block and you do all those things, Right, the results will come, but don't focus on the results. So, you know, I'm a big sports guy. I use a lot of sports analogies, and I say this to the teams that I work with and the people that I get to coach. Teams that watch the scoreboard lose all the time. Don't watch the scoreboard. Figure out what the body of work needs to be and do it every day. Do it consistently. And people who know me know I'm a process guy from the minute I wake up, which is for most people ridiculously early, uh, to the, the minute I put my head on the, uh, everything is programmed. And that's what I do every day, regardless of the goods and bads that are happening in my life. And I've been very fortunate that there's many, many more goods. And so, you know, that's psychotic motivation. We're just talking about how not focusing on the scoreboard or the results or in kitchen terms, right? Not focusing on what that dish is gonna look like, right? It's more about making sure that everything is prepared properly, right? That our meats are, are uh, properly- Preparation, and preparation. And, and all of that, right? So Absolutely. for you, part of your recipe, right? A big ingredient is all about preparation and planning and putting in the work. Um, and then that'll get us the results. With, without a doubt. And, and what you find, which is true, in cooking, it's, it's the actual combination of the things that you do, not one particular thing. And so, you know, putting together a recipe is not about, oh, well, I nailed it on this herb, but everything else was bad. It's really, you know, measuring everything that you do. And so great people who are great in life measure their outputs. In cooking, you measure all the time. So, you know, the parallels are really significant. And if you talk to anybody, not me, you talk to people who have had success in their life, they can tell you what their recipe was and how they measured it and what they decided to do more of and to do less of um, based on who you are as a human being. So, you know, very apropos that in the beginning you say, there's no one recipe that's the same. The, you know, for me, waking up early was a, a, 
a recipe I learned early on that you know successful people wake up early. That doesn't mean you can't wake up late and still be successful. You make it work for yourself. These are all kind of measurements of what am I doing, how am I doing it, and am I getting the results I want? So what I also hear you saying in there is adaptability. Oh, right? totally. What you may follow a recipe, but my taste might be different than the person who came up with that recipe. That is 100% and so right. I might want to add a little more salt, or I might want to add a little bit more uh, basil. Being Italian, we love basil, right? So I might want to add some, a little bit more of each ingredient, or a little bit less of each ingredient. So adaptability. So as you've gone through all these different reiterations, right, of Steve, uh, how, how did that play in? Flexibility, adaptability, how... That's a great question. That's an awesome question. It's a question that, um, you know, it's based on the time of my life. My goals and aspirations have changed and the things that were important to me in my 20s and early 30s, which I thought were Shangri-La, actually turned out to not be what I wanted. And somebody shared a quote with me early on in my career and they said, what happens if you're climbing the corporate ladder just to realize it's leaning against the wrong building? And for me, that was fairly true. I was chasing something that um, I thought it's what I wanted and it really wasn't. And so reinventing myself, constantly looking for that place where I'm supposed to be, I never thought I would be a sales coach or somebody that's in the space I'm in. I never envisioned myself as somebody that speaks to large audiences. But I really feel like the 40 years I've been in sales gives me the right to share what I know. And who would have thought that what my real goal was the feedback and the impact that I could make on young people and other salespeople, nothing to do with the money. <laughs> Which is, you know, the early part of my career, everything was dollars. It was, how are we gonna make money? How are we gonna make more money? And how are we gonna make more money than making more money? And now the focus is in a completely different place and I make more money than I've ever made before. So it's, um, it's really fascinating, you know, how, how life changes what you want, what you think you want. And I think, um, you know, the world we live in is so much different than it's been the outside influences, social media, um, you know, who would have thought that I would have been an author, but, you know, people wanted to know how I became successful, so I shared my process, and lo and behold, somebody asked me, hey, hey don't you want to leave a legacy in words for your kids and your grandkids? And I was like, you know, talk about a sales bitch, you know, so I have, you know, a body of work that I can leave behind that is from the scars and the hours of work that I put in to make my process and I share it with people and I have 11 year olds that read it and I have uh, you know 80 year olds that read it I work with the people you know the kids here which is so gratifying um, but it's all my process this is what I went through and what you come to find out and I think the most positive thing about the internet is that all of us own a library in one click you click any subject you want on YouTube and click and you can become an expert on, on it if you want and that's unbelievable. How empowering is that? But you know, you can become an expert by reading all these articles, but putting it into practice is something different, right? Always. So, so you didn't just write about something that you just went and researched and you said, oh yeah, this is what you need to do, right? No, you lived it. You experienced 
No? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think, it, I right? think my differentiation in the marketplace is that there's a lot of sales trainers, there's a lot of sales training programs, um, and they're all, I think all training is good. I don't, you know, I think any intake that you can take, and I sort of look at it on a daily basis to try and spend 30 minutes every day listening and learning podcasts and, you know, just developing myself, three L's, lifelong learning. Um, but my differentiation is, is that I do everything that I talk about and that has made my career path um, blazingly fast. Right. That's what I mean. Because you I got, just you know, read it. people you go, holy cow, this guy does it. And in the transparent world that we live in, you can follow me and see it ain't, you know, right. this is the real deal, what I'm doing and how I share it and how totally transparent. And I don't tell people that it's a rose garden every day. I get kicked in the teeth just like everybody else, but I built the toolbox to deal with it. And so I don't worry about it. I just know it's coming and I know it'll cycle back again. And so it's, uh, it, it, I think it's all part of this incredible new universe. My conversations are about selling in the new millennium and it's different. Being a human being is different now where information overload and what you do with it and how you activate it in your lives and, you know, fear of missing out or joy of missing out, you know, it's somehow right. in the middle, you know, it's yeah, great. Absolutely. So yeah, walk in the walk. Right? Totally. Just talking the talk, but actually doing the work. So um, we're going to take a break, but you mentioned your book. Yeah. Um, and so I have to have Yay! a Maybe you'll autograph it. Well, I certainly you. shall. It'll be my uh, pleasure. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Steve's process of writing the book and maybe some of the ingredients that he included for us, uh, for us all to learn from. And we're cooking. Who's ready for the ultimate night out? I'm Chaz from Dex Imaging. And I'm Sam Abraham from Breakthrough Beverage. We're here at the Elegant Mastro's Ocean Club in Fort Lauderdale, site of the 2019 Ultimate Night Out, one of the most anticipated junior achievement of South Florida signature events of the fall. We invite you to join us on Tuesday, November 12th from 6 to 10 p.m. for an exclusive gathering of fine wine and spirits, amazing cuisine, casino gaming, live and silent auctions, and a cigar lounge. Junior Achievement is also honoring two deserving 2019 Ultimate Men of the Year. Matthew Caldwell, President and CEO of the Florida Panthers, and Andrew Koenig, President of City Furniture. Both of them, by the way, are Dex clients. Just saying. <laughs> Don't hesitate to buy your tickets. They sell out quickly, and there's only 200 available. It's going to be a tremendous ultimate night presented by our team at Dex Imaging, you know, the fastest-growing entrepreneurial company in all of America. And featuring some of the finest wines and spirits that Breakthrough Beverage has to offer. So don't wait, go buy your tickets now at jasouthflorida.org slash ultimate night out. We'll see you there. Hi, welcome back to Recipe for Success. We're here with Steve Noodleberg and we were just about to start talking a little bit about uh, Steve's book, Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Steve, you talked uh, a few times, and I'm sure that, that this is covered in your book, about failures and scars and, and falling down, right? How do you deal with that? How, how have you dealt with it? What was the ingredient to helping you move on from that? So it's, it's, it's not a short answer. It's not a one-word thing. But understanding that from failure come the greatest lessons is pretty significant because nobody really teaches you that. But when I talk to people about, hey, do you ride a bike? They go, 
yeah. I go, think about when you learned how to ride a bike. You didn't just hop on the bike and do it. How many times did you fall? How many times did you scream and yell and skin your knees? How many times did you tell your parents, I'm never riding that thing, and yet you got on one more time, you did it, and you felt better, and you went on until you risked more, and then you rode without the handlebars, rented wheelies. wheelies. <laughs> you know. Well, it's the same thing in life. It's the same thing in sales, that you're going to run into these obstacles and understanding that it's a psychology more than anything else. So, you know, the first six rules in my book, the book is 27 rules for leaders and influencers. So it's not really for salespeople, although there are some sales uh, notes in there. And clearly, I think everybody is selling something. In this economy, we're all selling ourselves. Our own personal brand matters more than the logos on the door. You do great work here at JA, but a lot of it is because of your brand, who you are, what you represent, and then who you chose to do it for. So they're making a decision on you first and then JA. Anyway, so the first couple of rules in the book are all about how you treat yourself. And I think one of the things is this negative talk that people uh, you know, fo have to deal with. As human beings, we are programmed to talk worse to ourselves than we would ever allow anybody else to talk to us. And so if you were to tape that, that track, you'd go, you'd be horrified. <laughs> I'm never going to let anybody talk to me that way. But yet you do. You beat yourself up. You have guilt and fear and doubt. And so there are ways to overcome that by... Um, how you take care of your body, um, waking up early is one of them, drink something green every day, which I do, that's an acquired taste, um, listening to great music, reading great books, like the Bible, great book, no matter what religion you are, there's a great book, it's all been written already, so if you get up every morning, read and write, and you know, do yoga, or meditation, or run, or listen whatever to great, whatever it is for you, those are the things that make you mentally stable to deal with anything. Yet most people, especially salespeople, I laugh. Oh, it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> okay, you know they're they're more into the meal than the meal winds up on their shirt. <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's a generalization. But the reality is, where you focus your mind, and I'm a big fan of the laws of attraction. Thoughts become things, and what you think. Um, if you think there's going to be traffic, there'll be traffic. And, you know, so um, programming your mind is training. Great athletes train all the time. Great people train their mind and their body to give them their best. And I've been fortunate the early part of my career. I dealt with coaches and great athletes. And, you know, our, our company was very involved in sports. It still is. I just had lunch with uh, my friend Dave Wanstatt and his wife, Jan, and had, we reminisced about all the great stuff. But people who are in that space are programmed to take care of themselves, yet the general population does not have mind training. There is no mind training unless you push yourself to do it. So that's exactly right. So one of the things that's great for kids to learn is that you're gonna face fear and doubt. That's a normal emotion. How do I deal with that? How do I overcome that? How do I work through it? And then the rest of your life is fantastic. And you're saying, I think you're saying, I wanna make sure I recap it, that the way you overcome that is by how you take care of yourself. That is exactly how you right. Talk to yourself, right? How you respect yourself. You know, for me, I get up at three thirty every day, and the first hour is for me. 
I am putting on the armor that I need to know how to deal with the negative. Something's going to go wrong. I know that. Someone's going to say no that I expected to say yes. That's going to happen. Okay. Well, expectations are dangerous because with expectations come disappointments. So I've trained myself to put all of this good thought and there's so much out there. I put out my own content, but there's so much great Les Brown, Tony Robbins, click of a button and somebody has a podcast that's positive, that's putting stuff in your mind that allows you to focus on the good rather than the bad. And in most of the coaching I do, people are too focused on one bad thing in their life and they forget about the other great things that they have. And gratitude is by far number one on that list. I was going to ask so, um, gratitude is, you know, um, you know, getting up every single day, opening your eyes and being grateful that you opened your eyes. Um, I travel the country, waking up in West Palm Beach. There's a lot of gratitude for that. <laughs> you know, living here in South Florida, living in South Florida, you know, we're very grateful. There are not a lot of cities that, you know, have the weather and the, you know, the economy and everything that we have going on here. So um, grateful for my kids, grateful for everything around me. Uh, there's a Denzel Washington video that just says, say thank you. Get up and say thank you for everything. Thank you for the trees. Thank you for the sky. Thank you for grace. Thank you for everything that makes us who we are. And uh, I just recently spoke to a group of hospice workers. There was 300 hospice workers. And my whole presentation to them was, thank you. Thank you for what you do. You are the last person, the last face that some people see. And it's one of the first times in my career that somebody's given me a standing ovation. And I almost cried on stage. It was so, I was so blessed to be able to do what I do for people like that. And so it's just constant gratitude. It's just every single day, I'm fortunate I'm not visiting anybody sick in the hospital. I, you know, all the things, it just, and if you write them down, if you wake up in the morning and write down three things that, you're posit that you are grateful for and just focus on those, the rest of your life takes care of itself. Uh, I, I'm with you, I totally agree. You know, so speaking of gratitude, so I wanna say thank you. Oh. Um, because you, when I met you a few years ago, you were, you had gotten involved in a couple of little things here or there in the community, but since I've known you, you have really uh, jumped in and, and started to really give back and, and give of yourself um, to, especially to young people. And you've chosen JA to be one of those organizations. And so I'm really, really grateful for that. Tell us, tell me why, how did, how did you pick JA or how do you pick any organization that you want to be involved in and that is, and I have to assume now that you've been doing some of this, that this is one of the ingredients that helps oh, yeah. you oh, yeah. right, leave a legacy as you talk um, about. Rule 27 in the book is called give to get and it's not give to get so that I'm keeping score, but um, as a good human being, it became obvious to me that I could make an impact. Where did I want to make that impact? So there's two questions going on. And I was just in a room full of 50 people here that I was training. And I asked who's actively involved in a charity. And unfortunately, you know, 80% of them are not. You know, people don't understand that when you give, the universe gives you back in ways you could never imagine. And I was one of those guys that just didn't get it. I sort of did it because I thought it was the right thing to do. I didn't do it from the heart. Now I do it from the heart. And the kids that I've impacted in this building through the years that I've done it, who still contact me, who call me and say, you know, you changed my life. You told me that day I flew all night 
um, on a red eye to get back and do the Saturday morning thing at Nova. Um, when those parents told me, said, you know, hugged me and said, thank you for that message. Because I told people, don't chase the money, chase what you love. Just do what you love and the money will follow. Nobody told me that. Everybody told me, chase the money. Right. You know, go out and make a lot of money and you'll be happy. And unfortunately, most of the people I know make a lot of money are miserable. You know, doesn't buy happiness. Doesn't buy any of the things you really, you know, that the important things that you can't buy. So by living this life of gratitude and giving back the rewards I've gotten, and this is very, very near and dear to me because these people are going to impact the world in a way like judging the new businesses that I do at the Shark Tank events. I love being around those kids because at 16, 17, however old those kids are, they are coming up with ideas and working to manifest those ideas. That's the future. That's what we're leaving behind. I want to have a role in that. Yes. I'm thrilled that I do. <laughs> I love that. So, and now I got my son involved too. I know. I love <laughs> so it. We got a whole new little bird family. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of new work. <laughs> recap a little bit okay um, and thanks for sharing some of my, this if my you pleasure. haven't read it it's a must read for sure and steve talks about a lot of the things that we talked Absolutely. about today but i want to kind of just recap your recipe for Ooh, look at that in writing what we talked about today it's in writing um so you talked about hard work ethics do the work right do more curiosity but insatiable curiosity always ask want to learn Keep learning, keep growing. Motivation, but psychotic motivation. <laughs> I don't know, I might be cornering. Uh, planning, discipline, right? Really important. Lifelong learning, continuing to grow, listening, right? That other That's a pretty good body of work right there. Isn't that pretty good? I think this is your next book. How about that? Uh, taking care of you, especially your mind. Uh, training, uh, putting in the work, right? And getting ready, preparing. Gratitude. Um, really important. That was a big one for you. I heard a lot of passion in that one. Live and breathe it. Um, and then give to get, uh, which I love. Uh, and I think that is so true. I think that when we do things, um, we, we get back um, when we do it for the right reason. Without a right? doubt. Especially when nobody's watching. This is an amazing recipe. Thank you. Um, this, I can't wait to continue to see how you build <laughs> on it and what more is going to come, right? What's going to come in the next few years? Because you've just you're on fire i mean it's amazing <laughs> to watch you you're motivating you you lift everyone up when you speak and you leave them in such a positive place that they want to be all these things and do all these things and so congratulations thank my you friend. very blessed thank you for being here thank with you. us today thank you for watching and we really appreciate it we look forward to seeing you at the next episode of recipe for success here at ja heisinger kitchen take care